Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Welcome to the Donut Racing Show, where we bring a cheap satin mindset to the pure 100% ethically sourced silk world of Formula One racing takes them months to get that silk from those caterpillars. They're working those bugs to the bone. Is that ethical though? Like, I mean, we're 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 hurting the bugs too. They get they get compensated well. Okay, there we go. My name is Nolan Sykes. I'm joined by my two co-hosts, auto journalists who co-wrote a book on F1. One that was finally printed, mind you. We got Elizabeth Blackstock. Hello, hello. And Alanis King. Hi. Today's a big day for you guys. It's uh, it's Monday, the third of October. But you guys, your your book is finally printing. Let's. It, the book is printed. It exists. It is a physical book in the real world that you can open up and read. Uh, the publisher is delivering the copies to the folks who have ordered them. I still haven't gotten mine. Neither but have a couple, I. Neither <laughs> couple have people I. have gotten theirs delivered and have started to read them. So very exciting. And what's this book called? That is called Racing with Rich Energy. Um, multiple people have gotten it. They have sent us pictures of it in their hands. We still don't have ours. I still have not seen my book in the flesh, but other people have. Um, I'm very excited to see it in the flesh. It looks very nice. Um, and I'm just, I don't know. I'm super excited. I'm, we're having a big week. That's so cool. Yeah, go out there. If you're a fan of this podcast and you want to support Liz and Alanis, go order your copy of Racing with Rich Energy right now. You will not regret it. They put a lot of work into this book, spent a lot of time. I've been waiting for this thing for, it feels like, for years now. No, me too. Us yeah. too. Us too. We, start, we started writing this in February of 2020. Uh, so it has been almost three years that we've been working on it. We have read it so many times that like when I'm reading it, I know what the next paragraph is going to be. Yeah. It, it's well. made it very hard to edit it after we got to a certain point because it was like, I know exactly what's coming next. So your brain kind of switches off. And I had to keep reminding myself like, no, actually, you need to pay attention because you have to make sure everything is like factually correct and that all of the commas are in the right place. And Yes. Oh, when you're reading lot. it, do you like remember life events that were going on when you were re uh, writing that, that section of the book? Ooh. Is there anything like that? Do no. you, Elizabeth? Because no, I really... No, because we... So, like, the first draft of this book, like, the original text is not at all what we have ended up with. Like, Alanis and I kind of half and half wrote it, and then we, like, edited each other at each other's sections, and mm -hmm. then, like, 
rewrote them all entirely. And so I remember like phone call conversations and that's it. Like Alana's trying to figure out why Sebastian Bourdais is not considered an American race car driver. Okay, no, that's rude. <laughs> that's rude. No, no. Okay. I have this whole thing where my brain resets. Anytime anyone competes in any kind of American racing series, my brain automatically makes them American. And so I will on a surface level go, oh, yeah. Will Power is American. And everybody's like, <laughs> Very American <"No."> name. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. And everybody's like, no. And no. I'm like, yes. And then my brain is like, no, he has an accent. And I'm like, oh, that's not. It's like, it's a whole thing. I did this with Sebastian Bourdais too. We had a whole conversation one night where, um, I didn't realize that the podium like song in F1 was the podium song. I thought it was the British National Anthem. (laughs) The podium song in F1 is like really upbeat and like kind of annoying. And I was like, oh man, the British National Anthem is so annoying. And Elizabeth was like, Well, I was like, yeah, the British National Anthem is annoying. And then as we like continue to discuss the anthem, I was like, it's not very jaunty. Like, I don't think we're talking about the same thing here. Anyway, very exciting. Go get the book. Go get Racing with Rich Energy. Uh, we are back this week, guys. Uh, we had a bit of a break for Singapore. We're dusting off the cobwebs here. But man, I'm, I'm happy to be back and talking with you guys. What did you do when we weren't here, Nolan? I want to hear about it. I just sat in my in my room in the dark. Wow. Are you <laughs> yeah. serious? Oh, well, I mean, half serious. Yeah, I mean, I look, my bedroom gets kind of hot because the sun kind of beats down on it. Okay. Uh, I, I, I actually did spend a lot of time in this chair that I'm recording from playing playing some Ace Combat in some okay. Microsoft Flight Simulator. That's kind of what I that's my that's what, does. that's what I do. But yeah, what else happened? Uh, I went to Milwaukee. That's that exciting. What happens in Milwaukee? A lot of drinking. Okay. A lot of drinking in Milwaukee. It sounds like what else it. are you supposed to do? <laughs> what else are you supposed to do? Well, no, it's great because uh, they've, we've they've disc golf is very big out there. They've got oh. several courses, and what we can do, yeah, uh, what we did is they there's like a public park with a really nice disc golf uh, course. We played around, and then in Milwaukee, unlike California, there's beer gardens in these public parks where you can buy a liter of beer. Uh, and a giant pretzel. So oh my after God, you're, you're like parched Germany. from playing a, a rough round of disc golf, you go and get yourself some beer. It was amazing. Milwaukee, I love you. Um, amazing city. I got to go now. That's kind of it. Elizabeth, what did you do? What did I do? I worked, and I thought about this book. That's all Elizabeth, I did. Elizabeth! Elizabeth! What? what did you, I do? You worked and you thought about the book. What did you think about the book? Tell me. Tell me your thoughts. I thought about how glad I'm going to be when it's November and I don't have to think about it anymore. <laughs> you know what? That, that's great. Uh, well, I uh, I went to the NASCAR race when there was no Formula One. Um, I went to the NASCAR race in Dallas and I actually took NASCAR driver Tyler Reddick to Medieval Times. That's right. Uh, yeah. So it was fantastic. We had a great time. Uh, I drove four hours to Dallas in a Kia Sorento, and I picked up Tyler Reddick. And 
we had the time of our lives. He wore a Whitney Houston shirt. To medieval times. <laughs> to medieval times. I don't think Whitney Houston was around in medieval times, but she was in this location. Um, and we were supposed to take another NASCAR driver, Eric Jones, but he got sick. Uh, so he was not there. So it was me, Tyler, and my husband. Um, we drank these like disgusting alcoholic slushies. Tyler talked oh. in them. Yes, it was the blue raspberry with alcohol Ooh. in it. It was amazing. Tyler talked in a medieval accent the whole night. He called our <laughs> server Milady the whole night. He was like, thank you, Milady. He put his napkin in the collar of his shirt because that's oh, yeah. how you eat in medieval times. Um, and I surprised him with like a celebration announcement, right? Because if you pay like an extra $20, they'll give you an announcement at medieval times. And I told them that we were celebrating his NASCAR win at Road America because it was his first win in the top level NASCAR Cup Series. And they're like, I have no idea what that means. Okay. And they just write it down. So his announcement, we decided it was at the very end, right? So that I would know when it was coming, like after the nightings, because you can pay like 20 bucks to get knighted by the queen. So we get to the, <laughs> they get to the nightings. They start talking faster over the intercom. So Tyler took this like as a cue to resume eating with his hands because you eat with your hands at medieval times. You don't get utensils. And I didn't notice because I had my phone on record, but I was trying to get Tyler to not notice that I was recording him. <laughs> and they go to his announcement and I turn the phone to him and this man is just chowing down on the food. <laughs> He has no idea that they're celebrating his Road America win right now. And I go, Tyler, that's you. And he's like, wait, what? What? And like, he has no idea. He didn't even hear it. And it's a good thing you recorded it. I recorded it, so I have it. I stopped the recording, and he's like apologizing profusely because he missed this announcement. And I was like, Tyler, no, it's actually like funnier that you missed it. It's fine. And then we have the, one- the video you posted of this with his just totally oblivious look on his face is the funniest thing ever. Like you couldn't write a better comedy scene than what just happened there. It's literally the funniest thing in the world. I posted on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok everywhere. You can go watch it. It's so funny. Um, he talked in a medieval accent the whole night until they brought us a cannoli, during which he switched to an Italian accent. <laughs> what a legend. <laughs> and then what happened after you guys went to medieval times that's a great question we went to medieval times our knight lost every single joust it was horrible but tyler got a flower so that was really exciting but we go to the racetrack and tyler wins the race after we go to medieval times together so our knight could not win a single joust but Tyler redeemed him and won the race. And I bought a red and black dragon at Medieval Times at the gift shop because me and Tyler went to the gift shop. My husband was like, I'm not going to the gift shop. We went to the gift shop. I buy a red and black dragon. Tyler wins the race two days later in a red and black car. And I already hey. reordered the die cast so that I can have my dragon with my die cast. And when people oh, ask me why I have my dragon with my die cast, I'm going to say, well, let me tell you a little story about medieval <laughs> about times. Medieval times. <laughs> Speaking of great times, let's talk about Formula One. Let's get into some news here. This may be old news by now, but we still want to talk about it. Uh, Nicholas Gotifi is out at Williams. <laughs> it's over. Gotifi is out. It's over. It's all done. It's a Ouch. sad day. I'm gonna miss him. He was a chaos agent. We really. We I'm not gonna miss him. Chaos. Why not? I don't know. I think like after so many seasons of middling performance, 
And like you said, just being an agent of chaos, but not in like a positive way. I think it's time to rotate. Get get someone else in that seat. Let's go. Let's 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 develop some drivers here. Let's see who can do what. Uh, let's get Alex Albon a good teammate. Let's get Williams some more points. That's fair. Uh, we have a couple notable replacements uh, coming up for Nicholas Latifi. The biggest one is Nick DeVries, who scored points on his last-minute F1 sub-in for Latifi's teammate Alex Albon at Monza at the last F1 race, which subsequently pushed Nicholas Latifi into 21st place in the standings of a 20-person championship. We're also talking about Logan Sargent, who is an American Formula 2 driver, uh, and he is currently sitting third in the F2 championship, so he's not doing too bad. Uh, and Mick Schumacher actually mm. has been rumored for this seat if mm. Haas doesn't decide to renew his contract. Well, I'm just surprised that Haas doesn't want to renew Mick's contract because I feel like there's been a lot of flashes of brilliance this season so far, and his results are not necessarily his fault because you know the Haas is not the most competitive car out there. I guess <sighs> when you put Kevin Magnussen in that seat, opposite him it really made Mick Schumacher look bad yeah which is it's really hard because you're trying to compare him to a Formula One driver who has tons of experience and who has driven with Haas for multiple multiple years and already knows the team and everyone involved it makes it like it's really hard to do that comparison but like it just looks like bad news bears for Mick Schumacher he's a nice boy though I really like like his presence in Formula One is a good thing because he's one of the few people who like actually speaks out about social justice issues and stuff. Yes. I want him to stay for that reason because we're losing Sebastian Vettel and we just, we just need more good boys is what we need. The 2023 calendar will have six sprint events as opposed to three this year. There'll also be 24 races as opposed to 22 this season. Guys, that's a lot of races. Yes, it is. That's a lot it's, of events. And I already felt like this season was pretty packed already. This has been a really busy season. And, like, we're just going to have more and more and more. We're also going to have more sprint races. And I feel like the sprint race thing is very <laughs> controversial in a weird way. Because there are a lot of people who just don't like sprint races. So I want to ask Elizabeth and Nolan. Yes or no to sprint races and why? You have to make a decision. You cannot be lukewarm on it. Go. No, I got I got an answer. I have an answer. Nolan, give our context before I give my answer. Okay. So the sprint race uh, is a shorter Saturday race. They started doing it last season, came back this season. It's basically a mini version of the main event Grand Prix. Uh, the driver's race in a flat-out sprint over 100 kilometers or 62 miles. Uh, it's about a third of the race distance normally, and it helps determine the grid slots for Sunday's main event, and it is worth some championship points. So they have to do qualifying, and then they do a sprint, and the sprint is basically the real qualifying, and that, Alanis, is one reason I don't like the sprint races, because... Oh, wow, all right. <laughs> qualifying is, like, one of my favorite parts of the weekend. I think, like... Qualifying can be just as dramatic and just as exciting as a main event. Like qualifying for, say, a race like Monaco, for example, yeah. is more exciting than the race. Yes. Yeah, be- that's true. Because it decides the race pretty much because you don't pass many people at Monaco. Usually with a sprint weekend, I just like I kind of just like tune out, honestly, f- for most of Friday and Saturday and only pay attention to Sunday because it's just like there's just too much going on. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I yeah. get that they're, pro- they're trying to give people their money's worth f- with weekend passes or whatever and doling out more championship points, but... I don't know. I'd really like, I'd like to hear more from like what the teams think of them. It seems like a lot of extra work. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of them. So I just don't really watch them, I guess. Yeah. I really wanted to like them because I wanted to have the contrary opinion to the people on the internet who are mad about them. <laughs> however, however, what Formula One has done with the sprint race is take the most boring part of every F1 race, the laps before a pit stop, and turned it into a critical event that flies solo in the weekend. Like the only interesting thing that happens is the potential for a crash, but the crashes that generally happen and then like shake up the grid happen to the midfield and the back markers who potentially would have had a crash anyway. You generally don't see it with the front runners. Then the race is just ruined and you know, it, it's just it's not as interesting as I think they want it to be. I just kind of tune it out. I like watching qualifying at work. <laughs> getting paid like on the clock but i'm yeah. i also i don't know every saturday that there's a sprint race like i come into it i'm all jazzed and then by the time it ends i'm like why did i even bother okay uh, like i i respect this um my take is that there's always a lot of factors in every decisions a racing series makes like mm-hmm. more races everybody's like we have more work we're not getting paid more a lot of the time you know there are always so many factors and everybody's really like upset all the time about everything. Uh, I know that at the end of the day, Formula One doesn't care what any of us think and they're going to do whatever they want with the sprint races. So mm-hmm. if there's more racing to watch, I'm just going to watch it. And that's how I feel about sprint races. Here's how I think they could make sprints more interesting is that Formula One reserves the right to, based on the results of the sprint race, reverse the grid for Sunday. Mm-hmm. So like oh. I think wait 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 based okay, but on base, the results they... so you're adding in another level of this where we can get conspiracy and scandal which I appreciate oh, actually yeah I guess that would that would uh... <laughs> no one will ever be happy well how about this instead of it being like a, a decision made by uh, the FIA when they reverse the grids because yeah it could be like oh. Uh, there could be like an inopportune moment for one team for it to be reverse grid where it's like oh finally like we'll say Mercedes or like Lewis gets pole and then uh, they reverse the grid then it's like oh crap now they're going yeah, against Lewis or whatever Lewis. Yeah. um so maybe they the FIA gives that decision to i don't know a random fan with a button just like yes, we just about like Bane, <laughs> uh, but all, or perhaps three hosts of a F1 podcast Perhaps. Oh my good. Yeah, okay, I, but I it, wouldn't complain. Okay, I'm 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 down now. I'm yeah. here for it. I'm I'm fully biased and that's perfect. <laughs> I feel like this is a really good way to like gain fame because all all press is good press, right? Like good press, Correct. bad press. <laughs> yeah. We just yeah. we press the freaking button at the most like make it as controversial as possible. Or, press the button and everybody hates us, <laughs> but we rise to fame because it's of like, it. Or we could game it to be like, "Hey, Hey Ferrari fans, if you don't want the reverse grid for the upcoming race, we gotta pump our numbers. You gotta subscribe to the podcast. If we <laughs> if we hit a million subscribers for DRS, right. then we will not we will not reverse the grid. And then and we just do that for every demo. fan base and we grow it that way. I think that I think we're on to something There's here. I'm gonna start here. drafting a business proposal to the FIA. <laughs> Nolan, you're not you're not thinking high enough, Nolan. You're not okay. thinking high enough. Mm. Okay. We don't we don't need to go for everyone. 
we need to go up to these race teams and these drivers and be like, this is not part of your budget. Pay me under the oh, table. Okay. I don't need $5 here and there from the Ferrari fans when I could just go to Mattia Bonotto and say, all right, bro, how much you going to pay me to press <laughs> yeah. this button? And then we're rich. And then we give the button to someone else and they're rich. This is just wealth distribution. That's this all is great. this is. <laughs> okay. This is fantastic. I think this is the best idea we've ever had. Congratulations, everyone. <laughs> um, speaking of great ideas, um, Formula One drivers posting on the internet. Uh, usually a great idea. Some of them, though, are getting quite comfortable online. So here's the question, uh, as Ferrari would say it. Are drivers getting a little too comfortable on social media? Question at the end of it. Um, so... Ferrari is probably one of our most iconic tweeters, posters, Instagrammers, whatever we want to say. Um, really regularly, they show us photos and images of Charles Leclerc in his ice baths. And I just want to imagine what it's like to be the Ferrari like social admin or the Ferrari <laughs> photographer. And it's just like, oh, <laughs> 10 o'clock, time to go get Charles in his ice baths again. I was going to say, here's my <laughs> tens of thousands of dollars of video equipment, and I'm using it to thirst film Charles Leclerc I'm in an ice bath. Yeah, like, I'm literally using my extremely expensive photo equipment. And here I am just like, all right, Charles, give me your poses. <laughs> like, uh, I love it. I think it's... I'm here I think it. it's I think it's the most absurd thing I've ever seen. Um, I think it would be hilarious. I want to be that photographer at some point, not because, no, not not <laughs> not because like I'm thirsting for Charles Leclerc, but because I want to just like make it as awkward as possible for him, where I'm just like, oh, pose, come on, let's go, and he's like, can you stop? And I'm like, absolutely not. This is hilarious. Giving the fans what they want. Exactly. I have to give a shout out to Pierre Gasly, specifically. So there is a great newsletter out there called Engine Failure written by Lily Herman. And she's had so many good discussions about these little horny on main drivers, specifically Pierre Gasly, who she has theorized is aiming for the female gaze. So when he's posting these, you know, shirtless photos, it's like not flexing muscles and like trying to be cool with his buddies. It's like, he's shirtless in bed or he's laying in a hammock or he's like, I don't know. They're like soft. Like oh, they're kind sure. of like they're nicer. It's, it's really interesting to see like we've gone past this need to have like these super macho warrior manly men. And then there's like Pierre Gasly who's like, I'm here for the ladies. I appreciate it. That is 10 out of 10 work. Yeah. I mean, he's a, he's a good looking French dude. He kind of has like a Cillian Murphy kind of thing going. He's like a French Cillian Murphy. I want to, I want to say, of course he's going to be posting this kind of stuff, you know? He's ugly cute. Did you say he's ugly cute? You're yeah, going to make I don't know. so many people mad, Elizabeth. I know, I know. We're not trying I know. to run people away here. <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, <laughs> he, he, he just hasn't looked at, like he's not a model. But he's still good looking. You he's know good, what I mean? He's, he's, like, got a, he's got a very, very unique look. He does. This he photo does. that I'm about to send to our DRS group chat, I think, is probably, uh -oh. like, this is a good one right here. He looks very handsome. This is from July 5th, if you want to seek it out for yourself. He's just in his racing suit, but, like, he looks mature. Yeah. He, yeah. 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 I, you know, yeah. Here's, here's the thing. Uh, 
Elizabeth is killing my chances of taking Pierre Gasly to a Chris Angel show by calling him ugly cute on a podcast <laughs> that I am on. Uh, this hurts. Yeah, this this photo, he kind of looks like he has a spray tan in this photo. Like, he's looking a little Ooh. bronze, don't we mm. think? I mean, he might just been in the sun. It might be the color grading on the photo as well. It's true. He's a Formula One driver. I have no doubt that he's laying out in the sun at all possible hours of the day. Nolan's like, he looks like he got a little bit of sun. That's kind of the point of a spray tan. Is he not? Well, okay. Okay. You're right. You're right. You're right. (laughs) Duh. He looks like he's been out in the sun. I've actually been considering a spray tan because I went outside the other day and I turned, I looked blue. That's one of it. Oh, you know, when you go, when you go outside and you can like see your veins under your skin and you're like, it was, that was the thing is like the sunlight on the veins was like reflecting on the rest of my skin because my rest of my skin is so white that it's just a reflective sheet. Which, it was awful. I was like, I need to do something about this before the U.S. Grand Prix, because I'm going to go outside for the first time in six months, and I'm going to get toasty. Yeah, you are looking a little light, Elizabeth. You're looking kind of like your wall. (laughs) 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 I'm on vampire medication. I'm, like, not supposed to get direct sunlight, so that's my excuse. Elizabeth Wall is a is a a, a nice pink behind her. Uh, is this because I called Pierre ugly cute? No, <laughs> I just get slandered. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyway, we're talking about Pierre Gasly. We're gonna talk more about Pierre Gasly. Um, apparently, according to Ralph Schumacher, Esteban Ocon doesn't like Pierre because he once stole his girlfriend. <laughs> This is the only interesting thing Ralph Schumacher has ever said. In his life. And <laughs> apparently it is not even true because someone went and dug up the actual dirt and it was like a carting incident in France when they were both tiny boys that this was the actual reason. But I like to think that it was because they were just sharing, they're just sharing girlfriends. So we're just, okay, we're throwing out these girlfriend rumors here um, and- I actually think it's almost worse that it was a carting incident in France when they were children. <laughs> because, like, yes, you're holding that grudge for like 20 years. I hold grudges for a long time, but I don't know that I have held a grudge since childhood go karts, which you're like six <laughs> years old. And I'm just like, I'm not sure that's the best use of our time. I'm not sure that's the best use of our energy. You're mad at a six year old. But they're Formula One drivers. Like, what else do they have to do? We've just got Formula One drivers showing their body all the time. Uh, So Valtteri Bottas shared his body once again. And I have to figure out what the most recent one was because I see so many of them all the time. It was in the sauna is what it was. This man is naked in the sauna, which is where this all started. Naked Valtteri. And he has a drink can over his crotch. And he's wearing a hat with moose ears on it. And he posts this on Instagram. And in case you didn't know, in case you don't know Valtteri, uh, he just posts naked photos of himself online all the time now. And we always have his crotch creatively covered or he's laying on his stomach. So we just see his full butt out there. Full moon. We buy pictures of it. I actually have a picture of it sitting right across from me in my house (laughs) because he sold photos of his butt one time and I bought it. Valtteri keeps getting nakeder and nakeder. We're like, we're teetering on the edge of seeing Valtteri full frontal, 
fully There's naked. only a few square inches we haven't seen. <laughs> like, we're, we're getting narrower and narrower. <laughs> if you were to ask me to describe what a lot of things in this world look like, I, Valtteri's butt is probably one of the ones I can describe mm-hmm. in the most detail because it's one of the ones I see most often, right? Like, I see his butt as often as I see, like, the grass outside. <laughs> yeah. There's also an excerpt between uh, Crofty and Valtteri where Crofty from Sky Sports says uh, something about maybe he's actually got his clothes on for this one. And Valtteri says, for now. And so, like, I just think we're getting dangerously close to fully naked Valtteri. This is definitely, like, off-season buzz. Yeah. Yes. I've been thinking about this as to where we would actually likely for realsies see the full Valtteri. And I I am placing my wager on his girlfriend will post a video on Instagram stories where you will see a flash ah. of yes. his junk. Everyone will screenshot it. She will delete it immediately after, but it will be too late. Okay, but that's so much less fun than like the Tommy Lee I know Lee it's approach. less fun, but I'm putting, if I'm placing my wagers on something, if I'm putting money on a bet, no, you're right. this like, is the way to do it. it. That's where the money is. I know Elizabeth has heard of the Tommy Lee thing because this is like Elizabeth's circle. Yeah, Tommy <laughs> Lee just posts himself fully frontal naked on every single platform and all the platforms are pulling the images and he's just like putting putting them on other platforms when they get pulled. And then yeah. once they all got pulled, he posted an artistic rendering of himself fully <laughs> naked. Because he's he a legend. Like, you can't remove my artistic rendering of myself. <laughs> <laughs> and like... I think that's I think that's a good avenue for Valtteri, really, like just an artistic rendering. I'm here for it. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Now let's uh, let's get into the Singapore Grand Prix, starting with the street circuit at Marina Bay. Lace up those shoes, because it's time to get your step count up with our track walk. 
So to many fans, the Marina Bay Circuit in Singapore is one of the most exciting tracks on the schedule. It's a street track that was first added in 2008, and that also happened to be the first night race in Formula One history. Incredible. I uh, did not know that. At roughly five kilometers or three-ish miles, uh, this, this street circuit is easily one of the most physically demanding because of the humidity, drivers can lose up to three kilograms, just about six pounds, during the race. It has a very bumpy street surface. Uh, like I said, extremely hot and humid. There's also 23 tight turns. I think they do something like 91 gear shifts is what I heard. That's like me going to the grocery store. <laughs> this is the first Grand Prix back in Singapore since 2019, since both 2020 and 2021 were canceled due to COVID. Uh, and 2019 was a chaotic one with the Ferrari 1-2 finish uh, at that time. That was Sebastian Vettel and Charles Leclerc. Uh, and then Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton, who were in contention for the title fight, were in third and fourth. I always enjoy Singapore um, when it's dry. I've always wanted to go. You want to go? <laughs> I've always wanted to go, but I have not wanted to go because I don't like humidity. So Oh, yeah. Now, you yeah, live now in that Texas. We have, I don't go outside. Okay. We've established this. I'm see-through. Yeah, you and the walls. You don't go outside. <laughs> exactly. No, I've always wanted to go, but like, because I want to go to a night race, and that's basically what I want to do. So now that we're having a night race in Vegas, I'm like, I guess I can oh, just yeah, do that where it's dry, <laughs> not wet. Yeah, very dry. Dry heat out there. Singapore, to me, like, I never remember anything specific from any specific year in Singapore. Everything kind of melts together. But all I know when I think about Singapore is, like, the various events that happen at this track, which is, like, there's a giant lizard on the track. And you're like, what? There's a giant lizard on the track? <laughs> and then it's like, some fan is walking on the track. And you're like, what? There's a fan on the track? <laughs> Singapore is just, like... This Chaos. little box of horrors around the track that somehow like make it onto the track. And it's just like animals and people just like they did they convene on yeah. the track and you're like, oh, they're out there again. Wow. It was also the site of one of F1's biggest scandals where Nelson PK Jr. intentionally crashed his Renault so that uh, Fernando Alonso could win the race. Uh, and this like was a year and a half worth of drama that followed after this, where PK was he lost his ride at Renault halfway through the season. So then he decided to come out and be like, "So actually, that Singapore crash that was kind of suspicious, yeah, oh. yeah, uh, totally." Just brought brought the whole team down with him. I was I realized this morning I was like, you know, I don't really know much about Singapore as a country besides the race and the fact. Do you, when we were younger, I feel like chewing gum. Yes, the chewing gum yeah, thing. I, I feel were, like I I, we heard going. about this thing all the time. It was like, okay, like uh, there are two certainties in life to a child growing up in the late Quick 90s sand. and early 2000s. Quicksand, yes. You're going to fall into some quicksand and you're going to get arrested <laughs> in Singapore for spitting <laughs> out your gum. Yeah. yeah. Why? Why is this a universal experience? <laughs> I feel Why? like I hear that so much. I don't know if this is like a, like a, a, a distinctly American thing. But that is it. As a child, yeah. don't chew gum in Singapore, and yeah. you're going to fall into quicksand. <laughs> Here's how not to die. And you I know what? That. I've never seen quicksand in my life. Why is I, I have one time, actually, and I Did almost got stuck in it. God, almost. Elizabeth. <laughs> I, I was in Greenland 
walking around by myself next to a river and I was like, wow, this this sand's real squishy. And I was like standing in it and my boots were sinking and I was like, I should probably get out of here. And then I walked back up to the road and there was a bunch of signs up there that were like, don't go down here because there's... Quicksand. Uh, quicksand. Wait, but did. how did you get out? Did you use the techniques you learned in school? No, because it didn't suck me fast enough for it to happen. Like, the <laughs> bottoms of my boots started to go, and I was like, squish, squish, and left. Like, it wasn't... Okay, but if you're saying that you can get out of it with the your boots in it, then, like, yeah. how does anyone get stuck in quicksand? Well, like, do they just not notice until they're waist deep and they're like, oh, crap, got to get maybe, out? Maybe like, this is just happen? slow quicksand. Yeah, I don't think it had enough water to saturate. You know, like, the fluvial matrix was not, uh, did not hit the, the prime point. Well, and what does fluvial point. mean? Well, I'm, fluvial I'm is when a, a solid acts as a liquid, like, during, like, a, oh. a, 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 like a, like a rock slide or the something or a volcanic flow. But anyway, uh, not enough water in that sand for Elizabeth to be consumed by the quicksand. Um, but, you know, I'm very happy you were able to es- escape that. Wow. Yeah, that's it for our track walk. Please, if you're going to go walk on racetracks, do not step in quicksand. We do not want that to happen to you. Also, if you're going to walk on a racetrack in Singapore, make sure you are not chewing gum. OK, it might be during a green flag session. There might be cars on the track. But you just got to avoid that gum chewing and the quicksand. Good luck out there. The world's a scary place. So we're going to move on to the actual racing and the actual season. If you've been watching the races or even just listening to this podcast, you know that Red Bull, as well as their lead driver, Max Verstappen, are pretty much sweeping the season for both the Constructors and Drivers Championships. The battle for second place in the Drivers Championship is still pretty interesting, uh, Ferrari's Charles Leclerc is only nine points ahead of Red Bull Sergio Perez, who is only seven points ahead of Mercedes George Russell as we headed into this race. We're also still closely watching the best of the rest for the Constructors' Championship, specifically the battle for fourth between Alpine and McLaren. However, after the Italian Grand Prix, Alpine was a semi-comfortable 18 points ahead of McLaren. Both teams, though, upgraded their cars ahead of the Singapore Grand Prix, with McLaren adding new side pods along with their new livery for the race. Yuck, looks terrible. Horrifying livery. <laughs> and Alpine adding entirely new floors to help with downforce. So as we headed into this race, qualifying was actually pretty interesting. Um, Charles Leclerc qualified first, followed by Sergio Perez and Lewis Hamilton. Uh, the current Drivers' Championship leader, Max Verstappen, qualified pretty poorly. He started back in eighth place. That was because during qualifying, Red Bull had one of their rare screw-ups. Um, they had Verstappen pit on his final lap because he was about to run out of fuel. Uh, if he had, he would have been disqualified and forced to start from the back of the grid since you have to have enough fuel in your in your tank to have it tested after after every session. It's a whole thing. It was, it was a mess. So... It worked out well for those of us who were hoping for a non-Red Bull win this weekend in some ways. In others, it did not work out quite so well. But we also had a little bit of a delay at the start of the race thanks to rain. I was upset. I woke up and I did not check my phone before I started making coffee. So I made my coffee and then I sat down to watch the start of the race and it was rain delayed. And I was like, I could have gotten another hour of sleep. I woke up extra early for this, and now I just have to sit here 
I also listened to the BBC coverage, but they weren't doing it because it was rain delayed. So I just had to listen to Jolene Palmer talking about stuff, which was all right. Okay, that's wonderful. Uh, I also woke up at 6.30 in the morning on Sunday, and the race didn't start until a long time after that. So I just sat on the couch, dejected, and I photoshopped a photo of Valtteri, Valtteri and his butt. Um, he he posted a photo, like, I don't know, a couple months back of himself laying chest down in a stream, just like butt to the sky. And it's always good when there's like a rainy race uh, to Photoshop Valtteri in the stream with his butt in the air on the rainy racetrack. So I photoshopped it. I photoshopped him onto the track and I tweeted something about like, I understand that everyone's disappointed about the F1 delay, but how are they supposed to race in these conditions? And it's just <laughs> giant Valtteri with his Blaying butt in to the, the sky. Um, so that's what I did at 630 in the morning on Sunday. It was wonderful. Elizabeth, tell me tell me about Max. Tell me about his weekend. One of the big talking points as we came into this race was that if Max won the race, he would win the world championship. Doesn't matter what anyone else did. Uh, so the fact that he started in eighth meant that it was going to be pretty tricky for him to do that. Singapore is a pretty tight circuit. It's difficult to pass. Um, and the the race was pretty tough on Max. He had a, He had a pretty bad time. Uh, he came on the, after, after the race, he said that I dropped the clutch and had anti-stall. So I need to analyze what happened. Then of course you lose a lot of spots. So he started the race, dropped back many, many, many places, uh, and then kind of got stuck in that midfield slog where like you can't pass even though you're faster because the car in front of you just takes up a little bit too much room. He was climbing his way up the grid, went higher and higher uh, and then after lap 31, we had many a virtual safety car, but at this particular one, Verstappen was trying, he was following Lando Norris, and he kind of tried to preempt the green flag. So he was go going before Lando was going uh, and nearly took out Lando. And it, it, was, it was pretty bad. There was almost contact. I was surprised that there wasn't, but it was a quick maneuver from Max to kind of save himself and save Lando. He ended up in seventh place and finished in the points, so he's not world champion, but he could be next weekend. Um, Sebastian Vettel fans were pretty stoked about this development uh, because Sebastian currently holds the record for the most consecutive race wins at nine race wins in a row. Um, so Verstappen <laughs> could not break that one. He he, Ouch, he has to try Max. again later. Yeah. Almost. Dang, maybe next mm. season. Or actually, yeah, hopefully, next, not, next, hopefully not next season. <laughs> I'd like to see a little bit more. Hopefully not next season. I'd like season. to see a little that bit more competition bad. next season. That's for sure. Yes. Uh, McLaren had a great day yesterday. Daniel Ricciardo drove from 17th place all the way up to 5th. It was his best result of this season. Uh, 10 laps in, Danny was up to 12th place. Quote, we needed this. And as much as I'm looking forward to Japan, I want to enjoy this one, said Daniel Ricardo. I think my last top five was probably a year ago in Saudi. So, yeah, hadn't had one this year, which is kind of sad. But we know the year it's been, and I feel like I was certainly due for some good fortune. So good for Danny. Yeah, the the, the tight passing, like the narrow track, yeah. um, the fact that he wasn't caught up in any of the other DNFs that took place, like that's pretty good. Yeah, one, just one racing line the whole time. If you go off it, you're probably going to spin your tires a lot. Uh, good, good for Daniel. 
Lando started it in sixth place and made his way up to fourth and even held off Max Verstappen behind him. He said, quote, this was by far the hardest race probably of my career, not because I had to hold off too many people, but just the level of concentration you need from lap one to the very end is incredible. Um, yeah, with the, the, the semi-wet, semi-dry conditions, like you had to, you couldn't, you couldn't take your eye off the wheel for one second, man. Otherwise, you're going to be in that wall like we saw a couple of drivers go. Uh, Alpine also started in fourth with 125 points with closest competitor McLaren with only 107. And by the end of the race, the team swapped places with McLaren earning their fourth and fifth places on the grid. And with two Alpine DNFs, McLaren now leads by only four points. So still that best of the rest is is a hot, hot ticket. Keep your eye on those two teams in these last couple of races here. Best of the rest and best of the DNFs. How exciting. Let's talk about them. During the Singapore Grand Prix, the DNFs just kept on coming. Like it was an oddly like expected race and like rhythmic race. Not a ton happened up front, in my opinion. Maybe that was just the fact that it was like seven o'clock in the morning and I was exhausted. I felt like everything was kind of predictable, except for the DNFs. The DNFs were just, like, wild. So, Guan Yu Zhou, out on lap seven, thanks to Nicholas Gotifi. That's our guy. Um, They had a collision, and there goes Joe, just by DNF. Um, There's a quote from Alpha Romeo, his team's team principal, and from a few weeks ago that's really applicable here. And the quote is, there's no such thing as luck or bad luck with DNFs. Sometimes it was technical, sometimes the engines, sometimes Latifi. That's so sad, honestly. Like, that's it's just just so depressing to me. They just dug that man a grave and pushed him into it. It's over. You know what? Defending, not defending Nicholas Latifi, but, like, we're really hard on him. Like, this poor man. I feel bad for this man. Like... <laughs> Everyone's well, so Maybe he should get gooder. Okay, but like it's like the kid in <laughs> school, you know, maybe they ate a grasshopper, but we don't have to re- like remind everyone that they ate a grasshopper for the next 5 no, years. No, we do. Alanis, like, did did you no, eat a grasshopper? I didn't eat a grasshopper. <laughs> no, I didn't eat a grasshopper, but I was the person who was like stop being mean to people. <laughs> sure. Look, no, sometimes we eat a grasshopper not. now and then. You know, everyone eats a grasshopper, okay? <laughs> everyone eats a grasshopper. Maybe not literally, but figuratively. Exactly. Sometimes we crash into walls. Sometimes we crash other people into walls. No big deal. Listen, like, that's just, it's a reality of the job. And, like, should we bully Nicholas Latifi for it? Yes. Maybe, but, like, <laughs> <laughs> he's going to be gone soon anyway. Like, let's be nice to him. He retired from the race, too. He later received a five-place grid penalty for Japan and two penalty points for causing a collision. Penalty points go onto your super license, so it's basically like your driver's license penalty points if you get caught doing something stupid. Um, these happen to drivers all the time, but if you hit a certain number of them, you can be disqualified from a race. Um, we haven't seen it happen in quite a while, but perhaps we could. Perhaps Nicholas Latifi could go out on a high. Would it not be incredible if we remembered Nicholas Latifi for getting disqualified for having too many points on his super license? That would be funny. And you know what? If you're listening to this, Nikki, I think that's a great idea. Nicholas, here's the thing, right? Nicholas. When you're about to get lapped, okay, 
It's gonna happen, but when you're about to get left in Japan, swear, just a little, just a little touchy touch, just like just a little, little a little, a little boop. Not, not. You can keep boop, Max from winning the championship in Japan. Just that's exactly what boop, I'm saying. Little puncture. Keep it going for one more race. That's all I'm asking. Not anything dangerous. Just, just be you. Just Nicholas be yourself. Latifi. After just the horrid championship race last year, Nicholas Latifi saves this year's championship to battle for another round. That's a comeback story. Good luck, Nikki. Fernando Alonso, 350th Grand Prix start. Didn't finish the race. He retired with engine failure. Alex Albon hits the barriers, lap 26. He continues around and then retires. Poor guy. He's had a rough time. He was in the hospital with his appendix. Comes back to race and he's in the barriers. Um, Man almost died and then he retires from the race. That's awful. Uh, Esteban Ocon retires lap 29. Engine explodes. Ouch. Yeah. (laughs) Yuki Tsunoda. (laughs) I can tell you really (laughs) tore up about that one. (laughs) I'm just like, I'm shocked at the amount of DNFs here. Yeah, it's a lot. It just kept happening. Yuki Tsunoda hits the barriers. Everybody hits the barriers. Yuki does it on lap 36. Another safety car. Lewis Hamilton hit the barriers. Didn't cause a safety car. This man just puts it in reverse, backs out. He starts driving. And his team's like, yeah, man, car looks fine. And I'm like, car no. does not look fine. Like, car not fine. Car, car not, not fine. fine. Like, what? However, it did lead to some pretty fun driving driver messages on the radio, uh, especially that. from Mercedes, because Mercedes did some interesting, interesting pit strategy here. On lap three, Lewis Hamilton came on the radio and said, I told you about these tires. In the future, you need to listen to me. No grip. Uh, I personally would listen to Lewis Hamilton as a man with a, a, a few world championships, just a couple, a not many, just a few. Class. A I would, I would listen perhaps to him, but what do I know? Uh, I am not a Mercedes engineer. Um, Lewis had a very difficult race. Um, Carlos Sainz moved him very wide at the start of the race and around lap 33, he also locked up and drove right into the barrier. Uh, before he reversed out between Lando Norris and Max Verstappen, he did not DNF. He managed to go get a new wing and kind of continue on with that with that terror. But lap 23, Mercedes puts George Russell on slick medium tires where everyone else was on intermediates, which are better for those wet, dry conditions. Um, George had a bad time. He had a real bad time. He had wheel spin. As soon as he pulled out of his pit box, he got on the track and had wheel spin. Um, he puts 11 seconds off the pace, those first few laps on the mediums, uh, and Max Verstappen came on the radio on lap 23 and said, that's brave at the moment, which was very funny. Uh, it was a a good sassy moment for Max because it was pretty brave. It was not the right time. Uh, but you know, I guess you got to try something. I guess you have to have a guinea pig and that guinea pig is probably not going to be Lewis Hamilton. Yeah. Uh, And then uh, Russell also came on the radio and said, Schumacher's defending like it's the race of his life. Crikey. Uh, Which was just a few laps after he hit Mick Schumacher. Sometimes it happens. You hate to see it. Crikey. Okay. I want to hear everyone's best exasperated crikey. Nolan. (laughs) Nolan. um, Uh, I'm ruining your life right now. All right. Like I'm making things horrible. How are you going to say crikey? Crikey. 
not what i was expecting from you i was expecting like a like an angrier one <laughs> that was like I'm keeping it under wraps yeah yeah that was very exasperated that was less angry um elizabeth i'm ruining your life right now how are you gonna say crikey crikey <laughs> wow. like, like sad i like i'd be sad if you were ruining my life i wouldn't be angry man okay be sad all right somebody give me a prompt come on Someone has messaged us once again to tell us that our book is too expensive. Crikey! <laughs> That's how I feel. Crikey! Yeah, so you know what? I think this it had potential to be a very exciting race at the end. Sometimes we get these races where the tension is just so high throughout, and you're like, oh, it's going to pop off. And, you know, that didn't really happen. That's just how it goes sometimes, you know? So at the end of the day, the top three were Sergio Perez, which is made this his fourth win in Formula One. So Red Bull won, but it wasn't the one you would have thought. Charles Leclerc came Not second. Not the one you would have thought. Oof. No. Charles Leclerc in second, Carlos Sainz in third. It was a very good day for Ferrari. The driver of the day was Sergio Perez, uh, who also got a post-race five-second penalty, uh, but he still won the race because he won by seven seconds. Basically, what happened was he would slow up and then get kind of too fast uh, while he was following the safety car. They didn't investigate him during the race, so I don't think they would have given him any sort of, you know, race removing uh, situation because he did celebrate on the podium. Uh, He's also, Perez, is inching closer to second place in the Drivers' Championship. Uh, He's now two points behind Charles Leclerc. So this is going to be a spicy one as we get into the last races of the season. Uh, And the race also really affected the World Constructors Championship, thanks to all of those DNFs. Um, Alpine McLaren, as we mentioned before, um, did a flip-flop in the rankings. So that best of the rest, keep an eye on that. That's going to be heating up quite well in the next couple races. Okay, so this is a fun scenario, right? Max Verstappen wins the title. All right, it's done. It's over. Sergio needs to get second. Does Max Verstappen, mm-hmm. if he's not going to win the race, become number two driver? And it's like, put him on softs no. to get fastest lap. Max is not going to do it. Max, You don't think Max would take no. one for the team and no. put on No, Max softs. is going to do a multi-21. They're going to give him team orders, and he's going to do what Sebastian Vettel did and say, absolutely not. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I think I'm inclined to agree with Liz on this, although I do – I don't know. I think Max is – Certainly wouldn't have done it like three years ago. Definitely not five years ago, Max. Uh, but now he's a little bit more mature. Uh, it's 50-50 for me. <laughs> With the race over, let's get into my favorite segment of the show. It's Boyfriend of the Week. If you're new to this show, Boyfriend of the Week is our weekly segment where we acknowledge who is the best. And it can be anyone. It can be a driver. It can be a car. It can be a team principal. It could be someone online. Who is good enough to be our boyfriend? And remember, this is middle school rules. We're not picking husbands here. Who wants to choose their boyfriend first? I can go first. All right. All right. My boyfriend of the week. This is left field way out there, right? All right. So I was on TikTok the other day, and I see this video from the inside of a Starbucks, okay? Okay. Starbucks barista has a pup cup, and they're going to hand it out the window, and the pup cup goes to a little black cat in the car, 
okay? And the like the cat is so excited. And the cat Elizabeth is like wondering where this is going. She's giving me the worst face ever right now. And I want <laughs> you to know that this is going somewhere related to Formula One. They give the pup cup to this little cat who gets on the window and like sticks its face in the pup cup. And the cat is so excited, all right? And the barista is crying. They're like, you're crying. And the barista's like, yeah, I'm crying, of course. The barista literally forgets to charge them for their order because they're so excited about the cat. And they go, what's the cat's name? And the owner goes, Pascal. And I was like, Pascal Gasly. Full circle. And we go back to a couple of months ago when Pascal Gasly was my boyfriend of the week. And I just felt like... This was symbolic. It was poetic. <laughs> Elizabeth thinks this is horrible. She hates it. Pascal. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> and I mean that respectfully. Pascal, the Starbucks kitty, will post a video of it on the Donut Racing Show Twitter account. So you can see this cute little kitty making everyone cry. That's my boyfriend of the week. Thank you so much. All, All right. Nolan, Nolan, what are you working with? Who's your boyfriend? Uh, of the week, I was, I was hoping you would go first. <laughs> <laughs> Nolan's like, I'm still thinking. Oh, uh, you know what, Daniel Ricardo, <laughs> top five. Oh, that's a good one. Finished fifth. That's a good one. Nolan will get to an episode and he has forgotten to cho- choose a boyfriend of the week and he just picks one of the McLaren drivers. I just, every it's, time. It's, it's, I, that might be true. We might have to run the tape back on that. That might be true. But hey, he got fifth. He went from 17th to fifth. That's great. After he got let go, he could have checked out at any time. He could have been like, I'm just going to vibe out in this car. Hey, I got a free trip to Singapore. I'm, I can't buy gum anywhere in this country. By the way, I looked that up. It's true. You can't buy it's gum true. in Singapore. And apparently it's because they spent a ton of money on their uh, their transit system. And uh, a lot of it was being disrupted by uh, people just putting gum on the seats or using gum as like graffiti and messing up like the, the, the uh, just mechanisms for uh, public transit. So I thought that was kind of like a uh, – I thought it was going to be like a weird urban legend. But it turns urban out it's legend. actually true. So um, – Daniel Ricardo, my boyfriend of the week. All right. I am going with Christian Horner as my boyfriend of the week. There there was one bit of news we didn't talk about, uh, which was that Red Bull has been accused of exceeding its $125 million cost cap. Uh, but this resulted in Christian Horner repeatedly telling the press that this claim was deflammatory. Not defamatory. Deflammatory. Not inflammatory. <laughs> deflammatory. That's why he's my boyfriend of the week. <laughs> oh my god. Love it. Deflammatory. Yeah. Def- he multiple times to multiple people. It wasn't like he used this in a press conference because he got confused. He reiterated this at multiple ventures and. I just love the thought that, like, no one corrected him because how are you supposed to tell Christian Horner he's wrong? But I also love the thought that someone did correct him and he was just like, nah. He's putting inflammatory and defamatory together? Inflammatory yes. and defamation. Yes. Defamatory. Yeah, you, could say this is defam- you could say it's defamatory. Like, you can say Like, you defamed that. me and it was yeah. inflammatory. Oh, my God. Yeah. I literally, I just looked up to see if deflammatory was on Urban Dictionary just for fun. And deflammatory isn't even on Urban Dictionary. Like, Christian, you made something up. Like, it's so 
It's Colin. so made up that it's not even on Urban Dictionary, my guy. Call you him know, the modern I, day Shakespeare. He's yeah. coming up with words that we've never heard of and that we're going to use from now on. Thank you, Christian Horner. Your contributions to the sport are limitless. Wow. Oh, wait, wait. I actually I actually have um, some non-deflammatory uh, additions to Boyfriend of the Week. So I've actually had some people send me Boyfriend of the Week. I've had folks send me, um, my dear friend Katie who listens, sent me um, Pierre Gasly. A couple of other people sent me Pierre Gasly. <laughs> Unfortunately, we didn't have a podcast that week, so we couldn't talk about Pierre Gasly. I got two submissions for myself as Boyfriend of the Week. So... We can't always check our Instagram DMs because Instagram messaging has a horrible interface and it's awful. But if you want to tweet us your boyfriend of the week at the Donut Racing Show Twitter handle, please hit us up. We love submissions for boyfriend of the week. They made me feel really honored. Two folks submitted me as boyfriend of the week. That was Shane and Hannah. They responded <laughs> to my, my post where I photoshopped Valtteri on the wet track with his butt in the air and they said, you're my boyfriend of the week. And I was like, I'm someone's boyfriend of the week. Thank you, Shane and Hannah. We appreciate it. Everyone, submit us your boyfriend of the week. Hit us up on the Donut Racing Show Twitter handle. We love your submissions. With that, thank you for listening to the Donut Racing Show. If you like this episode, please subscribe. Tell your friends and enemies. Tell everyone. And leave us a review. Maybe we'll even read it on air. Like this one, which reads, quote, bruh. I'll never look at Botas the same again, unquote. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> Me neither. And you know, most of the time it's because I'm not seeing angles of Botas that I'm used to seeing. Next episode, we will be covering the race in Japan. And it is going to be at about midnight my time. It's going to be super exciting. Oh, lovely. Yeah, I know. It's going to be horrible. Um, It's going to be like 10 p.m. for you, Nolan. It's yeah, going to be prime great. time We're going to go to the you. bars. We're going to have a oh. great time. <sighs> yeah, it's that thing's going to wrap at like 2 a.m. for me. But trust me. With only five races left in the season, you don't want to miss out. What will the final driver lineup look like for next season? Will McLaren hold on to fourth in the Constructors' Championship? And seriously, what's going on with Daniel Ricciardo's future in F1? Tune in to find out. If you're not already familiar with Donut Media, we have a YouTube channel. Uh, go subscribe there. Uh, as well as an automotive history podcast called Past Gas. You go check that out on anywhere you get your podcast or the Donut Podcast YouTube channel. Follow Donut Racing Show on Twitter at Donut Racing Show. That's easy to remember. Follow Alanis at Alanis and King on Twitter and Instagram. Follow Elizabeth at Eliz underscore Blackstock on Twitter and Eliza Blackstock on Instagram. And follow me at Nolan J. Sykes on both platforms. Thank you so much for listening. Tell a friend. Uh, we love you. Thank you. And remember, don't say deflammatory things about us. See you next time. Bye. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.